Let's see. Tonight's letters from the Wiles family, missionaries to Ukraine and Russia. It says, Dear brethren, thank you for continuing to pray and support us here in Ukraine. We give thanks for your faithfulness and compassion. God is taking care of us through your prayers and kind support. A couple of weeks ago, we had church as usual, and after our service, we were getting ready to have some fellowship, and the Lord impressed upon me to encourage Stanislav and Victoria to consider their souls and what the Bible says about damnation. Stanislav is one of Misha's youngest brothers. I told him that uh, if they were shy, they could talk to one of us alone, especially Misha. After we had fellowship, Stanislav took his Bible over next door and asked Misha to tell him how to be saved. And Misha told us at first, at, at the first, he didn't believe it and asked why he didn't want to pray at church. He said he was scared to do it in front of everyone. Amen, some are. We pray that every service for the salvation of relatives and neighbors, it's always a blessing to see God working and helps us that are weak in faith. Pictured below is Misha, 19 years of age, and Stanislav. Please pray for his growth. Uh, Stanislav, or Stas, is 13 years old. I think I wrote about him before when he was over playing with our boys and fell out of our cherry tree a year ago, a year, a year ago and a half, a year and a half ago. The building project is moving along. We have a main room about complete, but... Uh, the half-bath corridor, stairs, and front door yet remaining. The upstairs is heated by a wood-burning stove, which I heat up throughout the day and night to keep the temperature from dropping too much. Thanks for praying about this project as well. Uh, we, we are not using the second floor yet. Joanna, in general, thinks the medicine her doctor prescribed is having some good effect. We're praying about her health trying to do what we can. She has a couple of weeks left on the current course, and then we'll have to decide what to do further. We'll likely get more blood work done and go from there. We appreciate your help, the Wiles family. Amen, 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 amen. They're still over there hanging it out, man. That's good. That's one of those rough areas where you take your Bibles. I think I got a message here tonight. I was thinking about what in the world to preach for the first message of the new year. Uh, we finished up uh, New Year's Eve, and then uh, everybody went home before New Year's came in, so we have no preaching for the New Year's yet. This is it. Take your Bibles, go to Matthew. Well, let me see. Which one do I want to use? Yeah, go to Luke. Luke, I think Luke 7. Yeah, it's all good, man. Every bit of it's good. I found out the Bible, no matter what you do with it, is good. The Bible says there's none good, no, not one. Me and Beth was talking on the way over here. I'm sure glad God gave me her. She gets me through a lot of stuff. Uh, and it, and uh, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here tonight. I really wouldn't. I already know that. Uh, but it's really, if it wasn't for the Lord, neither one of us would be here. And he's done some stuff in our lives that uh, only he could do. But a lot of times he has to work. You know, people are looking for, they're looking for something. And they're, they're going to keep looking. Y'all stand, stand up. I'll, I'll read the verse real quick and I'll let y'all sit down. I got all over Joe the other day. Joe started going through his message and, and I'm like, Joe, are you going to say the verse and let us sit down or are you going to let us stand up? 
had a couple of people say, thank you for doing that, brother. As he goes, he just forgot. Uh, yeah, that's right. I do. See, I just did the same thing. Matthew, no, not Matthew, Luke. Luke 17.30, that's what I was doing. I was, I, was, I was delaying while I was trying to find the verse myself. That's what I was doing, 17.32. Actually, 33 is the verse, but I want to stop this thing, start this thing with, he, he starts it at 32 and says, remember Lot's wife. And if you know anything about your Bible, your Bible's about a, a uh, it's the strangest book in the whole wide world. It is a tech manual. It is a, it's a manual, a service manual for you. Uh, it is not for anybody else. It is for you. And if you don't read it, the manual can't help you. Uh, what a lot of people do a lot of times, here, let me read the verse because I'm doing the same thing again. Uh, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Father, thank you for, uh, for your many blessings tonight. Thank you for letting us come to church. What a place to come on a, on a Wednesday night. First service of the, the new year, Lord. What a blessing that is. I do pray that you'd bless this message. Bless the service tonight. Bless those who came out, those listening. Lord, that you'd open their eyes and hearts to uh, the word of God, Lord, that uh, this year would be truly a different year than last year was for them, Lord. Every year should be a little bit better than the last one. Again, Father, thank you for your blessings. Uh, bless down and uh, be with us, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, six times, six times in your Bible, does Jesus Christ make that phrase? Six times. Not once, not twice, not four times for the Gospels. Six times. He doubles that up in a couple of the Gospels. Here you go, watch this, Matthew 10, 38. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So Jesus Christ is saying, if you go after the things of the world and you're not following after Jesus Christ, there's a cross to carry. There's a, bear, there's a cross to bear. Uh, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. That's Matthew 10, 39. Matthew 16, 25. He cares so much about that. He mentioned it twice in the same uh, book. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man, what, for what uh, is a man profit if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? Twice in Matthew, he mentioned your life. And the hardest thing you'll ever have to do is try to figure out what this thing is called life. Mark 8.34 says this. And when he had called his, the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Who, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Uh, for whosoever, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And he's trying to, he's warning us as we go through life, he's warning us that, hey, there's something out there that's more valuable than anything on this planet. And if you go for everything on this planet and you think you gained it, you really never gained it. You, you're, you're searching for something. The title of this message is Seeking But Never Finding. You know, a lot of people seek stuff and never find it. If you're seeking something, guess what that's telling you right off the bat? You haven't found it. If you've got to continually seek wealth, you haven't found it. And guess what? You'll never be satisfied with what you got. I have found that out for 66 years. I don't even care no more. I, I tell you, man, I don't care. Uh, if somebody comes up and flashes stuff at me, I don't care. What that shows me is the worldliness in the part. But, but I, you know, kept people slack. I'm 67. I had to go through 66. Bet the woman gets 67 too quick. I found out today that uh, the Taylors, both of them are 66, uh, that uh, Rich and Shelly are 66. 
She probably didn't want me to say that. But uh, I am 66, so we got a 66 club going on. And uh, it's actually, it's a 57 reunion. A 1957, because we was all born in 1957. But I'm the youngest of the whole bunch. I'm the baby of the crowd. Oh, did, is it okay if I say what I found out? Or she's not in here. I blurted it out anyways. Elizabeth is pregnant, by the way. So that's, now we're going to have number seven. She comes up to me in the office, and uh, Riley's got this little big sis. I'm like, you're big sis, okay, so you're little sis too. Elizabeth says, what does it mean? I said, it means that she's big sis and little sis at the same time. She goes, no, you dummy. I said, oh, no, you're, yeah, so then I figured it out all by myself. <laughs> Sarah came up to me, no, Jesse came up to me. And she, she, we're over in the apartment working, and Jesse comes up, and, and I'm just thinking, I'm, I don't care. And I'm thinking and thinking and thinking, and, and Jesse shows me this picture. It looks like a thermometer. I'm like, what, are you sick or something? I'm like, what is it, man? Oh, you got a headache? What is it? You got a fever? What, what are you trying to tell me? She shows it to me twice, like I'm going to actually look at it and tell what it is. And it says pregnant on it. I'm like, okay. Hey, I just blurted out that you're pregnant. Okay. Well, it better be okay because it's already done. So... So, so in Mark, Mark is the third time, and he says in there, he adds all this, he says, what shall a prophet a man? And the Lord is trying to get us to see something, and I'm trying to, this is the first message for the year. We're seeking something, but we never find it. You know what that is? That's happiness. If you're looking for happiness, you haven't found it. And if you haven't found it, you're going to be seeking it and seeking it and seeking it until you, you can't find happiness, by the way. It's given. It's a given thing. Uh, there's no way you can go out and say, I want to be happy. Happiness flees. It flees away. Uh, I've watched this thing for 66 years. I've watched it, and I've, I've done a lot of stuff. I like skiing. Uh, I like water skiing. I don't know if I like the snow skiing stuff too much, but the water skiing wasn't too bad. Uh, I don't like water skiing anymore because, not that I don't like water skiing. It's just you got to get a boat. you got to get ski ropes. you got to get this. you got to get that. you got to go out there and continue to do the thing. And what I found out is it comes and goes. As soon as you leave the weekend... You know what I hear everybody say all the time? Man, I'm waiting for the weekend. Man, I'm waiting for it tomorrow morning. Actually, I'm waiting to get home tonight to go to bed and get a good night's sleep. Uh, I, I don't care about tomorrow. I really don't care about tomorrow. I care about what's going on right now. You know what I care about right now? It's church, man. I like church. Church is good. I don't, you know, we get so wrapped up into this thing and we're always, I've watched people, they try to think that happiness is in something and it's never in that. You can't make up what happiness is. Happiness is not something that you can go out and attain. You, you can get it for a moment, and then it goes away. You know why I don't like amusement parks? I don't care if you go to amusement park. Go, man. I mean, you go to car race. I could care less. Go play golf. I think that one's really stupid, but that's fine. Go do it. Uh, I, I used to bowl, and I love getting over 200. You don't do that all the time. But you know what I knew? That after I left the bowling alley, that joy was gone. And unless I go back in, and back then I think we paid like 70, 80 cents a game. I don't know what it is now. I'd be afraid to even ask. Uh, you have to have the bowling ball. You have to have this. You got to have that. You got to have this. And then all of a sudden you got all this stuff, and you go in just like deer hunting. I, 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 don't, I like deer meat. You got deer meat? Bring it to me. I'll eat it, man. I love deer hunting. I ain't going to go out hunting because I ain't going to spend the time. I got deer running all over my backyard. I can shoot them anytime I want. One shot, make a crack. You hear it all over the place. Drop them right there in the backyard. Fine. Take it out of my brother-in-law's, have him skin it. Uh, and do all kinds of, I put it in front of my car, hit it a couple times, that way I can tell him I hit it. Uh, that'd be lying, but I wouldn't do that. But, but I can have the deer meat, but I, I'm not going to spend the time. I don't, that, that's just momentary happiness to me. You know my kids, praise God Elizabeth is pregnant. My kids isn't what make me happy. 
And Beth is not what makes me happy. I can tell you that right now. I've spent, I've spent a lifetime. I spent 43 years finding out what this thing is. I know exactly what it is. And there's nothing exterior to me that makes me happy. All that stuff is temporal, extremely temporal. And we spend our lives trying to get it. The Lord says this again in Luke 9.23. And he said unto them all, not just some, all of them. So that's everybody. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. So denying yourself is something. But I'll tell you what, you can deny yourself and still be miserable. So denying yourself ain't the answer. Although that's the way the Lord says it here, that is not it. Because you know what people, well, I denied myself. And I'm tired of denying myself. I'm going to go out. You know, after a while, it'll wear you out. You know how many preachers I've had tell me, Mike, be careful. Because the ministry can wear you out. It's absolutely true, man. The ministry can wear you out. If you don't keep that thing in perspective, it'll wear you out. You know what people do? will wear you out. People will want you to do this, and they'll want you to do that, and they want you to do this, but there's only 24 hours in a day. You can't do that for everybody. I'm telling you, man, I find out a lot of times I can't do everything for everybody, and I'm not even trying to. I'm not trying to keep you in church. If Jesus Christ can't keep you in church, nobody can. If this isn't, if you don't want to be in church, if you don't want to change, if you don't want to do what God says, do then fine, go do something somewhere else. I'm not here to keep you. I'm not here to rule over you. I'm not, I'm not even into that. You know what I want to do? I want to be happy. And I know that you cannot make me happy, and I cannot make you happy. As a matter of fact, I probably not make you happy right now. Luke 9, 23. And he said unto them all, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I've seen a guy one time go down the road. I've seen him in Florida. I've seen him up here. It must be a, a, a cult group or whatever. But they got the cross with the wheels on the back. They don't even drag the cross. They got the wheels on the back and make it easier and they're walking down the road like they're, they're bearing the cross, which the, the thought is good. Uh, but I'm like, you got wheels on it. Jesus didn't have wheels. His cross was a little bit heavier than that. And it's not the wood that is the cross. It, that's not what the cross is. He goes on in Luke 9, 20, 23, finishes that up, and then he goes into verse 24. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. You get the drift here? But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. And then I liked Luke 17. Twice in Luke he says it. 17.32, he goes, remember Lot's wife. Wow, Lot, Lot's wife looked back. An angel came down, two of them, walked into Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, Blinded the whole stinking city, told them to get out of Dodge, told them to go get there. They couldn't get another families, told them to get out of Dodge, got them out of Dodge, and his wife looked. He said, don't even look back. You know what? Sometimes if God come down and talk to us face to face, we wouldn't even listen. Because, again, we think we know more than he knows. I'm telling you, he, know, he said it six times. Six times. This is New Year's. This is our first message of the New Year's. He said, remember Lot's wife. You know one thing he's, he's telling you? He says, remember Lot's wife. She looked back at this world, and it took her, and it kept her, and it never let her go. You know what this world will do? It'll take you, and if you're not careful, it'll keep you, and it'll never let you go. And you'll not be able to do what he just said. For whosoever will save his life uh, shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake. The world, Elon Musk probably thinks he saved his life. I've got all this money. Bill Gates probably thinks I got all this money. Money, ain't, money is not the answer. Money, money will not produce happiness. Temporal, temporally it will, but there's going to be a day when you're going to be by yourself and you're not going to be happy. 
And you think now I got to do this to be happy or I got to be here to be happy. You don't act like, man, I like get this old movie I seen one time. I tell people about it. And I said, you don't have to go watch the movie because the whole movie is pretty stupid. Uh, except for this one part. And he says, no matter where you go, there you are. You can't ever get away from you. You, you are the problem. I am the problem. Whatever my condition is, is my fault. It's nobody else's fault. I cannot put it on Beth. I cannot say, Beth, you're the reason why I'm not happy. That is a lie. Happiness does not uh, depend on her. Now, she produces happiness in my life, but happiness, sissy does not produce happiness. I'm happy for her that she's pregnant. I'm glad she is and she isn't. I'm glad she's going to go through it, and I don't have to. I already done it. Been there, done it. I got the T-shirt, five of them. Uh, I was driving. I had to go over to Richmond today, and, and I'm listening to my Bible over there. And I'm, I got, got it in Scorby in my radio, and I'm listening. I'm, I'm going through Matthew or something probably. I don't know where I'm at. Somewhere in, in Old Testament, New Testament, Elizabeth calls and says, Little Raleigh. I said, I don't care about Little Raleigh. I said, I'm listening to my Bible, man. I said, you need to get off the phone and leave me alone. I'm listening to my Bible. I was also eating a Big Mac. And you can't drive and eat a Big Mac and, and do all that stuff at the same time. I didn't tell her that. I just told her that. I'm just confessing that sin right now before her and the church and everybody. But uh, it was a good Big Mac. I hadn't had one in a long, long time, so I thought I'd get one. And, uh, but, I mean, you've got a Big Mac in one hand, your knee on the steering wheel here, trying to control the radio, and the phone goes off. I don't have but another. I don't have another arm. I don't. I mean, I can't help it, man. I mean, I'm, and I don't want to be distracted driving, picking up the phone. <laughs> like I'm not already distracted. But he goes on for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall the same shall save it. Luke seventeen thirty one says, "Remember Lot's wife. Never forget her." Your Bible is an important book to read. It's an important book to look at. I finished it four times in November or December. I started it up yesterday, uh, the first. I started back up Genesis 1. I'm telling you, man, I'm up to 19, Genesis 19. I'm over in, in oh, Chronicles, name after name after name after name. Back through Matthew. It's a great book. You know what it does? The more you read it, 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 the less you're doing something else. I'm telling you that. I read a thing today. If you want to read your Bible, six minutes a day. Don't tell me you can't read your Bible. Six minutes a day will get you through your Bible once in two years. <clears throat> Have you ever read your Bible? <clears throat> 12 minutes a day will get you through it in a year. You ain't got 12 minutes to give God. Yet you want happiness, and you're not going to find it anywhere but him. It's not going to be anywhere for him. You can go out and kill yourself. You know, I was, I was sitting here today, and I was thinking about a guy, a friend of mine, looked him up. Uh, I had to go out on Facebook and go to Marketplace, a, a couple things, and I thought, well, I wonder if, if my friend is still out there, Scott Flood. And I went out there, and sure enough, he's Wicked Devil's got his Facebook page. I don't, but he does. And uh, there he is, him and Amy, still there uh, from a long, 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 long time ago, still in the church, Independent Fundamental King James Bible-believing church in Norfolk, Virginia, still serving Jesus Christ. In his Facebook page, the first thing he said is, my mom has just passed away. I think it was his mom or maybe his grandma. I'll look again, but this is his mother or his grandmother passed away. And he said, he, she has departed this world and went on to heaven to glory with Jesus Christ. That's God flood. That, that is, oh man, <laughs> that is a long time ago, man. That's almost 40, 39 years ago when Scott got saved. That's the first one that I got to lead the Lord out of the Navy. That's, a first, that's my first soul. And, that's, and I didn't get him, uh, Ron Burr's led him to the Lord, but I got him. He came to church because I witnessed to him for the years I was on that ship. And he came back, and he's still there. 
Now, brother, that's what matters. Nothing else matters. I'm telling you, when it all comes down to it, nothing, you know what I did? All that was? was a day. Every day was a day with Scott on the ship. Every day was one day. It wasn't, I didn't look at it three years. I didn't look at it. Every day was a day. I lived a day, just a day on a ship. That's where I was at on a ship for the day. That's all I cared about is that day. You know what we do? We try to build a life. You don't know what life is going to have for you. There's no way anybody can tell what life holds for them. What I do know is I know what today holds. Well, at least I know what it has for the moment I start down through there. And if I only, about all I can care about is what goes on in a day and how to keep that joy inside my soul and not lose it. Because you never know when somebody's going to come up and come in front of you and you need to give a testimony to or witness to and cheer them up. You never know. You never know what that's going to be. Uh, he says, remember Lot's wife. I don't want to be a pillar of salt. I don't think she's very happy. It's, you know, you always wonder, is, did she start changing into that pillar little by little or was one like poof? But you watch yourself start changing the pillar of salt and say, whoops, I think I messed. Then that's it. You know what Lot and his girls have to worry about the next rest of their life or think about? Is their mom turning around looking back. I don't ever want that. John. John chapter 12, 24 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground. Now, Jesus says a lot of things. You know, the heart of, you know why he says it over and over again? Because you don't get it. We just don't get it. I like simple things. I don't like complicated things. Everybody wants these complicated messages. I don't think you need complicated messages. You didn't get the simple ones. Amen. If we'd have got the simple ones, the complicated ones are okay. Calculus is great if you can understand one plus one. But if you can't understand why... <laughs> If you can't understand when a train leaves Chicago at 65 miles an hour heading to Atlanta and another train leaves Atlanta heading towards Chicago at 85 miles an hour, when are they going to meet and what speed are they going to be traveling when they meet? If you can't understand that, you need to get back to the simple stuff. I never understood that, so I'm staying on the simple stuff. <laughs> I never figured out. I don't care why they're going to Atlanta. I'm not going to Atlanta. I'm leaving Atlanta going to Chicago. Why would I care? And by the way, I would fly. It'd be quicker. <laughs> he that loveth his life shall lose it. Six times he says that. The problem, you know what was wrong with Lot's wife? She loved this life. She loved that stuff going on. She overlooked the wickedness of Sodom. She overlooked the filthiness of Sodom and Gomorrah. She done got taken out and got captive, and Abraham had to come and get him out of it, and they go right back into that stuff. And you say, what? Why? She, that's where her heart was. That's, you know what? A lot of us, we got our heart in the wrong place. Hearts, hearts, man, I tell you what, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago in the meetings I was in, people were getting called to preach, people were getting called to mission field, people were getting called all over the place. You can't even get people to come to church anymore, Harley. Right. You can't get them. You know why? This world, man, this world. Brother, this world got you. I don't care. I don't care what happens in Ukraine. I don't care if Russia blows Ukraine up or Ukraine blows Russia up. I could care less. You know what I do care? I don't care what really happens in Israel. I do care when the Lord comes back. All this stuff builds up to that. That's not going to, what happens in Israel is not going to affect my joy. And what happens in China and Taiwan is not going to affect my joy. And if World War III broke out tomorrow and they called me back up and told me I had to go back, only in the Navy, on a ship, in the middle of the ocean, if they're going to put me there, I'll go back. Otherwise, I'm going to, I don't even know if I want to go to Canada. I may go to Hawaii. I don't know. Uh, I'll go somewhere if I can't go on a ship. But, uh, but I'd go wherever they put me. But I don't care. I like Patton. Patton said, if the bullet's meant for me, it'll get me. If not, it won't. 
Sufficient unto that you can't, you don't have to worry about anything. The Lord's not going to let nobody get to you until it's your time. It's a point a man wants to die. I hear people say, well, you can rush it. I don't think you can rush it. The Lord already knows. If he knows the end from the beginning, he already knows what you're going to do. If I do something stupid, he already knows I'm going to do something stupid. You know, most of us do stupid stuff. We just do it. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life. You tired of me saying this? This is what it says six times. I mean, that's your Bible. If you didn't get your Bible reading, you're going to get it right now. Uh, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall ye also my servant be. You know, the key there is being a servant. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Bless the message now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, six times, six times I just mentioned that. Six times the Lord makes that statement in the scriptures. And the statement is basically this. If you try to keep something, you'll lose it. You get that? If you try to keep it, you're going to lose it. That's this life. This life holds nothing for you. It never did. You know what the blessing about seeing Scott? I remember Scott got saved. I asked him, I said, Scott, why didn't you get saved when I was on the ship? He said, you never asked me. I said, well, that's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> I'll remember that the rest of my life, man. That was the first one I ever got. 14, maybe 15 guys got saved right after him. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, and I sit there and looked at Scott, and I, when I seen him, I said, I hope him and Amy's still together. And sure enough, there they are, man. Uh, I mean, is, is he in the exact church? I don't know. I don't know if he is or not. I, I mean, I don't know the, the pastor of the church. I know of the pastor of the church. I don't know what they teach. I know it's a, a Bible-believing church. I know that. I've heard people talk about the pastor, I, and, and it's always been a positive thing. I know nothing about him. I heard some people talk about him negative. You'll probably hear people talk about me negative, but that's okay. Scott's still there after almost 30 years, Amen. serving Jesus Christ with his wife and his kids. He's got a bunch of kids, too. He made chief in the Navy. That tells you how good Scott is, man. Scott's cool, man. I seen him with his chief's uniform on. And he had a whole thing of ribbons. I need to look at it a little closer and see if he had any Navy achievements. or I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him and talk to him, see how he's doing. But six times. He says, if you try to keep something, you will lose it. You know why people always are seeking? Because they've never found it. When you seek something, you haven't found it. That's the, I mean, it's an indication you have not found it. That's a good thing to know. I, there's an old lady one time, man. I got, a, I got some handwritten notes here. She said this. She goes, I'll never be happy. I'm tired of trying to be happy. I'm just going to quit. You know what the preacher said? You're almost there. You're just about there now. Because you're trying to be something, you'll never get it. You know, it's one of the hardest lessons I ever learned. I remember when I learned it. This is a situation I was going through, and it was always I was trying to chase something, and I could never catch it. And when I thought I was just about ready to catch it, it would change. And then I would have to change, and I never caught it. After a while, you know what I, the Lord said, who are you? I was walking down the street one day, and he goes, who are you? All by myself. You know, the best times you'll ever have in your life is when you're by yourself with God. I said, they're going down the road, and he goes, who are you? Well, I know the story. I know Jacob. You know, he says you're no different than Jacob or John or James or Peter, or you're no different than uh, Arama, uh, Joseph or Arimathaeus or Moses or Noah or Adam. You're no different than any of them. Adam became just like you when he ate that fruit. Now, before he ate that fruit, he's a little bit different. He's the only one, him and Eve. After that, they're all the same. You have the same opportunity with Jesus Christ as they had. You have the same opportunity with God as they had. 
You know what, you know what the, the blessing about Moses is? He let go of that thing. And it took him 80 years to figure it out. You know what Noah did? He let go of that thing, had to build an ark and watch a world die. Eight people on an ark. Eight. You know what David had to do? He had to do what he had to do. All them men that you look down through, every one of them had to do. And ladies, how about Abigail? I like Abigail. Man, Abigail's a cool lady. Married to Nabal. A churlish man. Wicked as hell. Abigail was always happy. Every time you see an indication of that, she's happy in the situation she's in. Naboth didn't make her happy. He didn't make her sad. David was going to make her sad when he's going to kill everybody that urinated against the wall. He said another word, but if I say that, y'all get mad. Or maybe the people out in TV land get mad. I don't care. But, but you know what? Abigail came to David and said, oh, David, don't, don't chill out, man. Chill out. She didn't say, go kill him and get me out of this mess. She didn't do it. You know what she did? She waited on God. Ten days later, God killed him. Get her out of that mess. I'm not saying that God's going to kill you, get whatever. Don't you even think that. If you try to keep something, you'll, you know what? It takes time to learn that. You, you, you can always go after stuff and think that, hey, everything's going to fall in place. If everything fell into place for Elon Musk and everything's falling, they're sitting there praising Elon Musk because he's got that X platform or whatever it was, Twitter, whatever it was, and he changed it to X. And now it's all this free speech on there and all this other stuff. Uh, what shall the profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and, and lose his own soul? It won't matter a thing if he's lost. I don't care how much money you get. You, you know what? You'll never have enough, and you'll keep going. and say, well, if I could just get a little more, I could change. You'll never change anything. All you're doing is giving stuff to people. You say, well, do you feed the homeless? No, I don't feed the homeless. Would I feed the homeless? Yeah, I'd feed them if I thought they really needed food. But when somebody walks in here and says, give me money, I don't know them from anybody. When you walk up and ask me that, I know you. And if I know your condition and your situation, yeah, I don't mind helping you. If I had another preacher call me and tell me they had somebody that they needed to help and they knew them and they were going to vouch for them, I wouldn't mind helping them. But to help somebody you have no idea what they're going to do with what you just put in their hands, that's ridiculous. You have no idea. You're taking God's money and say, well, yeah, but I did it out of the right heart. No, you did it because you're stupid. You're supposed to do what God did in your hand. He gives you something, and you're, you're responsible for what he gives you. But I tell you what, what he gives you isn't what makes you happy. It isn't that. It is, it's none of that. Six things people are trying to get, get, uh, are trying to get, but they never can keep. The first one's joy. You can't keep it. It's, it's, it, it flees. It goes. Well, you can. You can. But if you go after the way the world, Jesus said six times, if you're going after this world and you think I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, and then I'm going to get joy, you'll never get it. You'll always be chasing it. You can't go up and say, I want joy. If joy was a person, it wouldn't come. It wouldn't come and talk to you. But there comes a day when you kind of sit there and you get in a place where you're supposed to be and the Lord knows you, and all of a sudden joy comes in. And you say, where in the world did that come from? And it's something that you did or you learned or you got to a place where you got the Lord's attention and now you got some things out of the way and he's in your life. This world goes away. Why don't you think Paul, when it was all said and done, the greatest Christian that ever lived was Paul. And he's in a prison cell with just Luke, getting his head cut off. He's not in a big church. He doesn't have 500,000. He doesn't have 1,000. He doesn't have 10,000. Actually, most people are mad at him. 
They, they, they leave him. They leave him off. They're out there doing it. You know why? Because they're all, they're all searching for something that they've never found. You know what Paul found? He found it. And no matter what he condition he was in, he found it. And right then and there, that guy was perfectly happy. Nobody outside of him could control what was going on inside of him. If people on the outside do something and controls your mood or your thoughts or your heart, then you got the wrong thing. You're still searching. You haven't found it yet. Happiness is not something you'll ever find. Happiness is a gift. I think it's a gift. Joy. Often relative brief feeling that is felt in the present moment. You'll see a lot of people, they'll have joy for a few minutes and they'll flee away. Joy to the world, over the whole world. Christmas time loves this time because everybody gets presents. And then they all take them back. Excitement. You know what I've watched? A lot of people, they'll get all excited about stuff. They'll just get excited about it and excited about it excited about it, but they just don't last. The excitement goes away. And then the, the now and now comes back into play. And if you keep the now and now where it's supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing, you know what you do? You get up today, you do what you're supposed to do today, and go back to bed. And you get up tomorrow and you do what you're supposed to be. I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm, I'm, I, what I care about is what Jesus Christ thinks, and that's about it. I try now in, in, in a lot of different areas. I try to make people happy. But I'm telling you right now, I cannot make you happy. And if you're looking for me to make you happy, you're looking to the wrong guy. You're looking to the wrong thing, and you'll never get it. Because I'll do something that will irritate you or upset you, and you will think it's my fault and it's not mine, it's yours. I've sit in churches for 43 years now. And I've had people yell at me and scream at me. I've had preachers sit under. I said, I've never. And I've sit under for 43 years. And I've never had a problem with none of them. I may dislike some of them. I might not like what they said. But you know what? They didn't affect me at all. They sang that first song, A Shelter in a Time of Storm. Every time that song plays, it rings in my ear. Uh, I remember a time when I was over at uh, Charity and Dr. Esep said, Brother Ellie, you want to preach tonight? And he let me preach. I don't even know how long you let me preach. I was scared to death, man. Scared to death. Scared to death wasn't even the word for it. I mean, I was just, just scared. Totally scared. But I knew the Lord said, hey, if somebody asks you, do it. So if you get up and make a fool of yourself, make a fool of yourself. Who cares? Who are you doing it for? There you go. Who are you doing it for? Him or you? Or, or you? I'm not trying to make you guys happy. I'm doing it for him. I said, okay, I'll do it for you. And all of a sudden, it starts raining outside and it was, a, it was a cloudy day anyway, so it wasn't like it was not going to rain. It starts raining. And I get up here, and all of a sudden, this big old thunder goes. <laughs> it was like Lord saying, see, we can do this. Let's go, man. And I, all of a sudden, you talk about a piece that just rolled across my soul, man. I mean, I got up there, and I preached. I don't even know if it's a good message. Probably a lousy one. I don't know. But you know what? I had perfect peace about it because it was just me and my father. That's who it was. It was me and him, nobody else. And I don't have to worry about nobody else. I do get upset when people, I, I would like to have relationships. I'm not a very social person. Uh, I, uh, Brother Dave will tell you I don't answer my phone. He'll say, you never answer your phone. What do you even got one for? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, everybody's got one, so i got to have one too, I guess. Joy, excitement. People get all excited about this and that, and, the, and then it goes away, and then they're not excited no more. A baby's a great thing until you have to wake up three or four times a night for about the first 10 years, and then you get the second one, and just when you think the first one's over, the second one starts doing the same thing the first one did, and it's keeping the sec first one up. Now you got two up doing that in the middle of the night, and then you get a third one. That's even a bigger blessing. And then all of a sudden you get the fourth one. Then you get Esther. <laughs> Brethren, I'm telling you what, and, and then you get them all out except for one, and then you think you're, you've arrived, and then they bring them all back. 
And you say, what is this? If, that, if that's where your excitement is, then there's going to, guess what? Your children will, will mess you up. If you put your whole life into your kids, it'll mess you up. Your kids will do wrong. I don't care. Guess what? I did wrong. And I expect them to do wrong too. So why would you expect anything more than them? But if you put your whole life in your kids, when they mess up, then all of a sudden your happiness goes away and your joy goes away and your excitement goes away and you put it in the wrong place. You were looking for something in the wrong place. Gratitude. People are looking for gratitude. They always like people to say, thank you. Or you did such a great job. We're in a society anymore that is just, it's stupid. You've got to pat everybody on the back and tell them how great they are. You're a bunch of bums, man. If you were that great, I'll tell you, here's your example. Joseph is a perfect example. If you want to be great, be a Joseph. Joseph did everything without anything coming back to him. And every one of the bosses he ever worked for praised him. Every single one. You want an example? Joseph's a great example. There's a few others in the Bible. Noah's a good one, too. God told Noah to build an ark. You know what he did? God came back when it was, he said, where's Mark? Right there. Now, thank God the Lord just waited until he knew Noah. He sees everything anyway, so he knew what Noah was done with his ark. But he didn't come back in the middle there and says, where's Mark at? No. He came back and said, Here's, where's Mark? Right there. You know what that did for Noah? Noah did it to please the Lord. That's what he did. Pride. A feeling, you know, people want to be proud about what they're doing. Pride's a dangerous thing, man. A feeling of satis, uh, satisf- uh, satisfying, uh, satisfaction in something that you have accomplished. Man, I tell you what, I, I did a bunch of stuff in the Navy. If I got Scott Flood in here, he could, he could testify there. I could get Fritz Biederstadt in here, and he'd testify. If I get Senior Chief Franklin, he'd really testify. And I look at all that stuff, and I'm like, Lord, this, I'm a moron. And if it wasn't for you, I would have done none of that. I mean, I don't know how you opened my eyes to let me see that when nobody else could see that. He goes, the same way I did to everybody else in the Bible. He goes, you weren't looking, Mike. You weren't looking. I wasn't looking to be the best. I was, but I wasn't looking. You say, well, that's arrogant. No, that's fact. I wasn't looking. The Lord made me that. See, there's a key there. There's a key there. We're all missing. We think it's, I am going to do something, and I will get it. No, you won't. He gives it to those who aren't trying to get it. He just said, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. And if you try to lose your life for his sake, you'll save it. You know what you need to do is figure out what he wants. You know, 2024, you need to do, start trying to do what he wants and not what you want. It's the simplest thing in the whole wide world, man. I I, I like that verse. I like that that song. That guy just looks out in the crowd and he goes, there's somebody out here that's got a problem in their life. But just no matter where you go, there you are. And I'm like, yeah. Whoa, that's pretty, that's pretty profound. If I'm on the back of a ship in the middle of the ocean, and that's where the Lord wants me to be, on the back of a ship in the middle of the ocean, what's that to me? Why can't I just bounce down the ship and tell people about Jesus? That's where Scott Flood come from. That's where Fritz Biederstadt came from. That's where those 15 guys come from. You know what the Lord had to do is get somebody who was happy to be where they're at, in the moment they were there, not 10 years down the road, not 20 years down the road, not next month, next year. No, it's right where you're at. Optimism. I am about the most pessimistic person you'll ever meet. I'm a pessim- optimistic pessimist. I think the world's going to get better. 
when the Lord blows it up and makes a new one. <laughs> I think it's going to get great. I think it's going to get worse until then because I got a Bible. I mean, lying any, I, 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 that's just what it says. I don't know how to take it any other way. He constantly says it's going to get worse and 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 worse. You see the smile on my face? I don't care. As long as he's in it and I'm in it with him, I don't care. You know what our problem is? Is we tie that into our kids and our family and our wealth and our houses and our cars and and this and that and whatever you want to tie it into. And all you see all that stuff that's going to end up burning and then you let that affect your joy. And you let that affect your happiness. You know what you're doing? You're seeking something in things. That's not where it's at. Happiness never is in things. It never is. And happiness isn't something you can obtain. If you obtain it, it's permanent. It's not temporal. It's permanent. The problem is a lot of people don't have it. It's not. And then contentment. Paul says this. Not that I speak, in in Philippians 4.11, he says, not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned. It's a learned thing. It never is something that you just get. It's learned. And guess what? You're going to have to go through some suffering to get it. You're going to have to go through something called life. And then you're going to have to realize that God starts pinning this thing down. You know what's wrong with our country today is everybody's trying to give their kids more than what they had. That's the, that's the worst thing you'd ever do. Because what you're just doing is you're telling them you need more. You need more. You need more. I like some of these old rich guys, man, tell their kids, you ain't getting squat from me. Go out and make it on your own. And you look at them all there. What's wrong with our country? I mean, I was, watching, I was watching this clip. When I went to look at Scott, uh, his pastor was there, and I looked at his pastor, and he had this clip on there. And this, they were doing a, uh, a spelling bee. He had this little video. And this little black girl comes up, and, and uh, these, these two people are sitting, about liberal as they could be on the spelling bee committee out there. And they asked the little girl to spell this word, uh, uh, protagonist or something like that. I forget the word. And the little girl said, could you give me the definition? And she gives them the definition, you little arrogant bum, that, and you're this and that. And the girl spells the word. So then the, the little boy comes up, gets the mic down. The guy looks at him and says, spell the word woman. And he said, can you give me the definition? And the guy, and the guy looks at him and says, woman, it's just a woman. What, what, what is the definition? You gave her the definition of that word. Can you give me the definition of what a woman is? Little kid, man. And he goes, can you give me the definition? And they start going off on him. And then this black lady sitting there, she says, can you give me the definition of woman? I just want the definition of woman and used in a sentence. She goes, the definition, it's woman. No, I can't give you the definition of a woman. And the the guy goes, but it's this, this. She goes, okay, can you give me the definition of a woman? And the guy says, you little arrogant racist pig. And he calls him everything in the world. Little kid, man, calls him all kinds of stuff. Because he just wants the definition of a woman. Nobody will give him the definition of a woman. I'll tell you what a definition of a woman. Opposite of a man. A man is a man, and he can't have babies. But a woman can. A woman looks different than a man. She has long hair. Usually, if she does everything, young ladies usually have long hair. They act like ladies. And guess what? They're not men. Men have certain qualities that a woman don't have. Women have certain qualities that men. I don't have to go into everything, do I? I can tell what a woman is pretty much by looking at her. And guess what? A woman should be able to tell what a man is by looking at him. You know what today is? Nobody wants to say what a man should be. The little kid looks at him. And she go, he goes, W-O-M-A-N. The guy goes, you're wrong. There's an apostrophe after that. Now you can't get out of here. And starts yelling at the little kid, runs him off. It was just a clip. It was funny. I thought it was funny. 
We're in a society that you are inundated with all day long on you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Well, what exactly can I do? You know what they're all trying to do? Is if you want happiness, and if you want joy, and if you want excitement, and you want gratitude, and you want to be proud about what you're doing, and you want to be optimistic, and you want to be contented, you got to do what I tell you to do, fooey on you. I like that old lady. So I've been trying to do all this stuff. None of it's worked. I quit. You're at the right place. Because right when you get ready to quit, you're going to get happiness as attention. And you're going to realize it's not in the things. It's not in the stuff. Stuff mark. Somebody used to call Walmart stuff mark. It's not in stuff. Never was. You can lie to yourself and think it is all day long, but one day you'll get old. And when you get old and gray and that stuff is all gone and the history's not there, well, it's a, it a blessing, man, when I looked on there. And here's Scott. Amy's old and gray. Well, not old and gray. I don't know how old she's. I'd have to call him up and ask. She probably wouldn't even tell me how old she is. But they still kind of look the same, just a lot older. 30 years older, practically 30 years older. And I'm sitting there going, what, what got me more than anything else? They're still in church, still serving God. 30 years later. I'm like, Lord, he got it. I bet you if I called Scott up, I don't know exactly what Scott, I'll call him up. I'll find out. Matthew 6, 25 says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life. Take your Bibles, go to Matthew. I'll go through a couple verses here real quick and then we'll be done. Six things. You know people trying, they're seeking, searching for happiness. You'll never find it, brother, and you'll never find happiness. Find, happiness is not something you'll find. Happiness is a gift. You can say, well, if I go out and serve others, I'll get happy. No, you won't, because you'll get wore out. Serving others will not make you happy if you're just serving others to get happy. If you're doing something to get happy, you'll never get it. You'll never get it. Uh, you'll not get happiness in this world. You won't get it. Now, I'm telling you what you can do in 2024. You say, well, I'm going to read my Bible four times a year. That will not make you happy. That will wear you out even more. You know what the devil will do? On one side or the other, he'll give you whatever you want to do to keep you going down a path to wear you out. And what he's giving you is something simple, but it's only momentary. It's only momentary. It's not link, it's not, there's no length to it. It's momentary. I've been happy for 43 years, going on 44. You say, well, you don't always look happy. I'm always happy. Because if I sit down right now and I lose everything, I don't care. I've had people threaten my life. I don't care. It doesn't bother me one bit. If, if something happened to me and I could never tell Jesus of Christ, I could lay in a bed and think of what I've done in the last 43 years and spend the rest of my life sitting there enjoying it. If that's what the Lord has for my life, then I'm all for it. It's his. If he chooses to take me out of here tomorrow, it's his. It's not mine, never was. It's always been his. You know what I'm looking for every day is him to, now I get worried, I like the next person. I'm looking for him to show me the next little niche to do something with. It's not always soul winning. I've had people come out, are you soul winning? If you're thinking that, you're crazy, man, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to think this is what makes you happy. Man, I've been in churches where they soul win, soul win, soul win, and wore everybody out. I've been in a church where, I, I talked to an old preacher one time, he's on my ordination committee. You go back there, you'll see five or six preachers there. He's one of them. He said, Mike, you've been in that church, um, this so-and-so church. I said, yeah. He goes, it's one of the biggest churches in America. I said, yeah. He goes, and he said they had 10,000 in Sunday school. I said, yeah. He goes, and they win souls every year. Yeah, five, six hundred a year. Yeah. He goes, how come they never added a pew to the church? I'm like, huh? I never thought about that. 
I said, why is that? He goes, because they wore them out, and they, they leave just as fast as they come in. And I'm like, oh, okay, I never thought about that. You know what it is? Happiness is not something that somebody can give you. I'm not going to blame the preacher up there. If you let somebody talk you into something that's wearing you out, then you're, you're, that's your problem. That's not anybody. That's your problem. You know what you need to do? You need to stop and say, Lord, I need to get this thing right in perspective between me and you. And if you're in a prison cell like Paul and Silas and you're in stocks and bonds at midnight, you can sit there and start singing Amazing Grace, how great this. I mean, you can sing the old rugged cross. You can sing all that stuff. And the prison bars could all fall. They may not. You might be thrown in a prison cell where they got stinking TV going on and have to listen to Oprah. It's pretty bad, man. Or the, the, the view or whatever it is. And you sit there and listen. You know what you got to do? You got to be happy with that thing. But you'll never be happy unless you're happy within yourself. And you know exactly what you're happy about. There's a unhappiness. Unhappiness is found in the search for happiness. Did you know that? I stole that from somebody. I'm not smart enough to come up with that. But when I heard it, I said, that is true. You know how you know you're unhappy? Because you think you know what happiness is, and you start going after it, and you don't get it, so you're unhappy. You can't figure that thing out. You know what happiness is? That lady had it, man, when she said, I'm going to quit. Yeah, that's the, that's the place, man. You sit down, and then you know, you know how many times the Lord said, Mike, let's go back in the ship and just me and you will go work on something? I can't even tell you. You know what I thought happiness was? A wife or a family. That was nowhere near being happy. Now, you can be happy with that, that's, that but that's not what happiness is. Happiness never was that. You know what happiness was? Is me and Jesus Christ going through that ship having a good time. And I had to learn that day after day after day after day after day. And he told me, nobody fits in here between me and you. Nobody. If you've ever let somebody in between you and Jesus Christ, it's going to mess up your happiness. You can't allow nobody in there. There's no room for them. There is no room for anybody in there. And guess what? If you move everybody out and you're sad, you got a problem with Jesus. Not any, that's where the problem lies. You know why churches, people leave, come in and out of churches and leave? Because they're unhappy. They just didn't get what they want. Or they didn't get what I think I should get. Or it should be more, I should. Who says you should be anything anyways? Who says I should be anything? Man's search for happiness always ends in unhappiness. I thought that was good too. The same person said the other one said that. I thought that was really good. You go out and try to seek for happiness and you'll find it momentarily. And if I go here, I'll be happy. Yeah, but man, then you got the bills after that. I don't know about you, but I don't like paying lots of bills. Happiness is never in a response, it never responds to an invitation. If I make more money, if I just do this, I got this sort of thing. Uh, pleasure, ple pleasure won't bring happiness. It, it, what that does is that's a false happiness. Lust, the church cannot bring you happiness. You can't do it. I got to work with two guys. All they want to do, and actually one of them, all they want to do is go out there and work. Work, 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 work. He's younger than both of us, and he's sick. He's got a, he's got a, a health issue. We're trying to figure out exactly what to diagnose him as, and then we can find the right medicine to give him to slow him down, but... I can't, I can't let that thing out there dictate to me. My, that's not my happiness. My happiness is, it resides right inside here. And the moment I think that I've reached a point where I need to back away from that, I'll back away in a heartbeat. Why? Because I'm not going to let that get in the way of me and Jesus Christ. Just not going to do it. You don't want something. You know what most people do? They see somebody that's happy. I know, I know several people just like this. 
they don't necessarily want what you got because they don't want to do what it took to get it. Everybody always thinks I can have whatever somebody, you cannot have what God gives somebody. You cannot touch it. It's not yours to take. It's like salvation. It's not yours. That person, whoever that is, earned it. But you know what? They want that. Not that they want it. They just don't want you to have it. Most people want to make other people sad like they are. The, 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 I hate to be around people that are just constantly, I mean, just constantly, constantly, constantly. They're never happy. They're always somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else. Well, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Just go somewhere else. You see depressed people? I know some people take medicine. That's okay. Take your medicine. I don't need medicine. I just eat ice cream. If I get depressed, I eat ice cream. I found out if I eat enough ice cream, I go to sleep. And then I wake up the next morning and feel okay. And as long as I got some ice cream, I don't have no ice cream in the refrigerator. But I get fat too, so there's a problem there. Depressed people, you say you're depressed. Have you got food to eat? Do you? I don't know anybody in this room that doesn't have food. I can take you down some places where they don't have food. And they depressed. You know, you can give them all the food in the world and they'll still be depressed. How about that, man? You can't, you can't give them. You can put clothes on them. I know a missionary up in, in Detroit. They're all over the place. Over here, they got shoes for, shoes for the children or whatever. And you can put shoes on them all day long and they'll still be depressed. That won't change them. You know, we've left, we left the Holy Spirit out of this whole thing. We've left God out of it. You know where God gets in is you, me, me. And when he told Lot, he said, Lot, Abraham said, if there's 50 down there, there's nothing wrong with that statement. Abraham was like, surely if Lot went down there, surely he would get 50 in the time he's been down there. If I just look at his wives and his kids and his kids' husbands and their families, he got him all the way down to 10. Surely there's 10. There was four. And one of them turned to a pillar of salt, so there's only three by the time they got out of there. You know, you would sit there and think that you're in an area and you're doing something, and this will work. It isn't. Depression, depression isn't, it's nothing. If Lot would have been like Abraham, there'd probably been a lot more saved out of that city. But Lot wasn't like Abraham. Lot got in there and it said he vexed, it's over Peter. He vexed his, you know what happens in this world? It'll vex you. Oh, no, it won't. Yes, it will. Day by day by day by day by day, it'll vex you. And you won't even know you're being vexed. And then down the road somewhere, you're way over here, and somebody will see that, and you'll go, I'm okay. You're not okay. You want. You know what you got to do this year? Say, look, man, I want happiness. Guess what? You won't, it won't come to you. Happiness never responds to how much money you got. It never responds to anything. It doesn't care. It just keeps on going. But, boy, when you know what I found out, you go out and try to help somebody else. Really try to help somebody and give them something. I mean, not, not what you have, but something. You're trying to help get close to Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, that thing turns around, and you get a joy that is unspeakable. You can't even mention that thing, man. I like it, man, when I hear people getting saved. I enjoy hearing people get saved. I have a tick, It tickles my soul, man, to hear that. But the world don't get that thing. Matthew 6.25, real quick, 801. I can go through this in a heartbeat, man. 6.25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what you shall eat. This is Jesus talking again. What you shall drink. Now, I know we got to work. I got all that. Not yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not your life more than meat? Yes, it is. There's something more valuable about you. If God built a universe and put Adam and Eve in this universe on a planet called Earth, and he's been working for 6,000 years. Your life is more than what this filthy thing has to offer you. 
It is a whole lot more than that. And until we stop and say, whoa, I ain't letting this thing have me and try to figure out what that thing is, it's not the preacher. It's you. It's me. It's me. I've got to sit here. I've got a book to say, I've let this world creep into my life. Man, I like I'm talking to Brother David. says, you don't have a TV? He goes, no. I said, Beth, I think we should throw our TV out the window. What do you think? No. So I, I'm working on her, brother. I'm working on her. If I can get her to do that. We still got our PCs. <laughs> you can see anything on the PC you want. You know, you sit there and look at that thing and say, Lord, how, how much has the world creeped in? How much has it creeped in? Where's my happiness at? Where's my joy at? Take no thought. He says right here. He says a couple things real quick. He says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body and what you shall put on it. The question is the next statement. Is not the, is not the life more than meat? And the body more than raiment? Question mark. <coughs> Lord just asks you a question. He expects an answer. Then he goes on to verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Question mark. If I take care of them, why don't you think I'll take care of you? Do you think I can't take care of you? Or I haven't taken care of you like you think I should take care of you. Is that what this is? You think you're, you're setting your happiness on a set of goals that don't exist. That don't exist. This is not what I gave you. Well, I think that verse over in Psalm Proverbs, I like, don't give me too much, don't give me too little. Don't, don't, just give me exactly what I need. I don't need any more. I'm happy, man. I got a stack of wood outside. Uh, it It burns. It still burns. I'll eventually probably run out. And guess what I'm thinking? Man, I am 60. I'll be 67 next year. I got to go get up some more trees, man, and start splitting them things. I can't even get old. I can't even get to the place where I can feel old. I don't have time to feel old. I got to go get a bunch of wood and cut it up. I'm not asking you to do that. That's just what I got to do. I'm sitting there going, Lord, that's what I've done. And Esther goes, I don't think we'll have enough wood to get us through the winter. Well, have you thought about Esther? Maybe you go out and get some trees and split them? No. <laughs> Behold the fowls of the air. He says, consider. Consider. He says in that passage, consider. He goes, the fowls of the air. They, the fowls, that, for they sow not, they reap not, do, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than theirs? 27. Which of you taking thought? There you go. New Year's resolutions. You know how many times people, I have them. It's a simple thing. If I want to lose 52 pounds, I'll say I just lose a pound a week for 52 weeks. I'll lose 52 pounds, be right where I want. Will it happen? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. What are you laughing for, sis? <laughs> I, I'm not even going to make a resolution. Because I'm, 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 my resolution is not to make a resolution. Because I'll break it. It won't even last. It won't last for two or three weeks. Wow, that's just, it's just the same thing. Which of you, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature. Trying to be something you're not will not make you happy. If you're short, there's nothing wrong with short. I mean, uh, we have fun up here. Uh, uh, Brian always says he's short. Uh, we were going to put a cabinet up a little bit higher. He goes, what can't be that high? I said, you ain't living here anyway, so what's the matter? Uh, he goes, oh, 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 yeah, that's right. But boy, I tell you what, when we need somebody to crawl through the attic, he's the perfect guy, man. You try to get this fat kid through that little hole, it ain't going to happen. Even if they get behind like Pooh Bear and try to shove me through that hole, it ain't going to happen. And once you get me up there, you're never going to get me out. 
He's happy to do it. I'm happy to let him do it. And why take ye thought of your raiment? Thought of raiment. He goes on. The Lord sits there and tells you, consider the lilies. He says, you're trying, you're trying to gain something that you're looking for it to give you something, and the stuff of this world will never give you. He said, look at Satan. He tried to offer me three times stuff. That's not what you're looking for. That's not it. Brethren, we're in a world today, 40 years ago, this would not be that big of a problem. But you're in a world today where it is. This world has got you. This thing, and you can't get away from it. I got it, man. You can't get away from it. That thing's got you. It dictates to you how to live your life instead of living it right where you're at. This has got you everywhere else. I'm in Dayton, Ohio. That's where God's got me. Or on the back of a ship in the middle of the Indian Ocean. That's where God's got me. Not somewhere else. You know why you're not getting nothing done? You're somewhere else. I'm not mad at you. I love you, man. I'm just telling you. I got a guy I just looked up to 30 years ago still where I left him. Can you look back 30 years in your life and pick somebody out and say he's still right where you left him? And go right on down the list there and find others? You know what that thing is? I was right where I was supposed to be 30 years ago. I didn't care about being, you know, the Lord had to teach me that. He says, I stick you here. That's where I want you. Why aren't you doing right here what you're supposed to do? Instead of somewhere else. Because you're looking for happiness and you're chasing after something you'll never get. And happiness will never come to you. You'll never get it. I'm telling you what, this is great. That's a great passage, man. He's, it's all over. His, I like it. And yet, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, Solomon had all the money. Solomon ended up with a thousand stinking wives and a mess. And the kingdom went away from under him that David had it built. Why? Because of the wickedness of his heart. You say, well, Solomon talked to God twice. I know God. You know how many people say, I know God. Yeah, but look at your life. It don't match that. It don't look like that. David's look like that. Saul's did not look like that. Solomon started out like that, and the thing got him. And pretty soon, a thousand women got him. And next thing you know, it's gone, and his son loses half the ten tribes, man. And the other ten tribes go into apostasy because of Solomon's wickedness. Now, I think Solomon's in heaven, man. I think he's right up there. He's just like the rest of us. We're all just messed up. But he don't have to be. He says, yet, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, God, Jesus uses Solomon in a positive way. Even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of those flowers. Not one of those flowers on this planet could he even match. He can get the peacocks, but my peacock. He can get all this stuff. He can make altars and all that, but it ain't going to look like that. Why are you trying? You know Solomon never was happy? If he was happy, he wouldn't have need, needed the 999 of them. The one, the first one he had would have worked. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, and then he questions this thing. Verse 30, wherefore, and if there's always a wherefore, Y'all watching wherefores, man. Wherefores are cool. Wherefore, it's like wherefore, with all this stuff said, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You know what our problem is? Is we go after what this world has to offer. 
Oh, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. They'll never give you enough. I've left job after job after job. I've walked in my boss's office and said, don't give me nothing else. Take some of it back. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. Big paying jobs, big bucks. Keep it. I don't want your filthy money. I didn't say filthy money. I had a good report with my boss. If somebody was passing gospel tracts out at where I was working at, he knew exactly who it was. And he'd call me in. I don't care if it's in a building 10 miles away. He'd call me in and say, quit that, man. 10,000 people. I don't know how many people worked at LexisNexis. I don't know how many was there. Out of all those, I'm the guy? You've got to be joking me. But that's what he would do. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. But I don't want to seek after those things. i got to make sure my wife is taken care of. I'm doing that. To, that's as far as I'm going. I am not going much further than that. I am not going to go to Beth. She's always worried about me going out and getting somebody. I don't want nobody else. I don't want to do what I got to do to get her again. I've done that once. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I told Beth tonight, I said, I'll just keep you. We'll just stick together and stay here. We'll go through this thing together. For the things, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. Let them seek it. The whole world's full of that. Everybody outside of Noah's Ark was seeking something else other than what God said. Every single one of them. And they all died. Every single one of them. But Jesus Christ came, and I liked it. He went to the rich man. He said, go sell everything you have. Come follow me. <sighs> Can't do it. And Jesus just walks on. Oh, he's so mean. No, he's not. The guy didn't want it. His happiness, he thought, was in the things he had. And he could not let go of what he had. And he, the happiness was standing right in front of him. Have you ever been happy, really happy? Man, I tell you what, there's been some times where I have been really, really, really happy. I mean, really, 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 really happy. And it's always, always with me and Jesus walking somewhere together. And usually I'm sad and hurting or something, and he's comforting me and he's having a talk. And tears may be running down my eyes. I may be crying like a big baby, but he's right there. And now I'm looking back at those times, and those are some of the sweetest times. Driving across 70 going into Pennsylvania, down into uh, New York, or into Norfolk when I was leaving California, and all the stuff that happened to me out in California, somewhere up on that expressway up there, he sits inside my car, man, the Holy Spirit comes in there, or whoever, and it, it's just like it floods my soul, and I told him, I remember telling him, you got to quit, I'm about ready to blow up, and it, it just went away. And you know what he gave me? He gave me a taste of glory sitting right there that, that I've had once or twice in my life. And I got something to compare that thing to, and this world has nothing to compare to that. There's times it wants to. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. That's him. And his righteousness. Wow, the kingdom of God is a person. His righteousness is his. That's what you're supposed to be seeking. Not your own, not somebody else's. And all these things shall be added to you. It's nothing wrong with having these things if they're in the right order. What happens is they get out of order, and when they get out of order, now there's no control in the order. You can always see the order by the life that is lived by the things that you got. You guys are everything to me. You're everything to me. Every single one of you in this room. And everybody that's in here on Sunday morning, those that come in and those that go out are everything to me. 
I can't make you stay. I can't make you go. Sometimes people come in, they leave, and they do things they just haven't grown. I pray for them. I hope they get something. But I do care for every one of you. Every one of you. Not this one or that one over this one or that one. No, every one of you. You say, what is that? You're God's. You're the Lord's. You're my joy. I get joy by watching you guys. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow. I'm done right here. I got one more verse. I'm done. Take no thought of the morrow. For tomorrow, the morrow shall take thought of itself, of the things of itself. You only got today. That's all you got. You never have tomorrow. It's always good to think a couple days out. Maybe think about those things. But really, when it gets right down to it, you know why we don't do anything today? It's because our minds are somewhere else on tomorrow or the next day. I told, I was just back here talking. I said, man, we got this one little apartment over the garage, and once we're done, I want to quit for a while. Why? Because I want to get back to doing some things I want to do for the Lord. I want to do. I want to get back out doing the things I enjoy doing. I want to go back out to, you say, well, is that? No, that's not wrong. But if, if it becomes so much that we got the thing turned around, it's moving in the right direction now. We don't have to kill ourselves there. Everything is okay. It's going to be paying for itself. It's okay now. It can do that. You don't have to kill yourself. You know what the devil will do? Kill you right there. He'll kill you everywhere. I'm like, okay, Lord, I, the church is out of, out of harm's way now. I got you guys in a problem. I got you out of it. The Lord did, not me, but I mean, we got you out of it. Now you're not, you're not held accountable for the thing no more. Thank no for I don't care about tomorrow. It'll pay for itself. Well, what happens if everybody moves out? Then the church has to pay for it, I guess. I guess. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, care. This, I don't care about today, tomorrow. I worry about today. That's all I care about. I drove over to uh, uh, Richmond to pick up some cabinets because we didn't have them. I said, I ain't going to waste two hours. So I called Beth and said, hey, go down in my office, bring up my Bible reading program, take a copy, a picture of that, and send it to me. I got my little MP3 player. I got a little MP3. I don't use my stinking phone. I got a little MP3 player, and I got my authorized King James version on my little MP3 player, and it's plugged into my radio. Hit the ox. She tells me, and I start listening to what my Bible says. And you say, what? I ain't going to waste two hours over and back. And I don't want to listen to Sean Hannity. He does live in Florida now. I thought he was stupid living in New York, but he moved to Florida, so it shows he has some brains. He goes, sufficient under the day is the evil thereof. You know, brother, today is it. If we take care of what we're supposed to do today, you'll get done today what you're supposed to get done today. And tomorrow will come. You know what the rest of it brings stress? Trying to live this world and please everybody. You're always searching after happiness. You know what I found where happiness is? You just sit down in front of a piece of a gear with a cigarette and a cup of coffee. And you say, well, you say is that really happiness? Oh, yeah, man. I got my tech manual right there. I got my gear right there. I got my old scopes and all that stuff right there. Everybody finds happiness a little bit different. I'm sitting there, got everything plugged up. I'm reading the book. And me and the Lord sitting there saying, Lord, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? This is weird. This is weird. All of a sudden, I see it. I'm like, oh, that's, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, that's what's wrong. That right there is bad. Yeah, that's bad, man. Let me go replace that. I go get the part. Well, the ship don't have the part. I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? So I go talk to supply. He says, well, they got it right over there in the supply center. I said, how can I get it without waiting three months? He says, well, you put a chit in. And you bring it to me, and I'll stamp it, and you can walk it over there and get your part. I said, I can? He goes, yeah. So that's what I did. I did that night after night after night. I worked 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning doing that, fixing stuff. You know how I fixed stuff on the ship? You know how I got it all fixed? I stayed there and fixed it. I didn't go out and, and, and do all this other stuff. And I didn't do none of that. I just went and did 
What I, you know what? I, me and the Lord are just having a good old time. And I have never regretted one minute of any of that. Not a single thing. I enjoyed getting kicked out of the chief's mess. I enjoyed that thoroughly, man. I still remember when I got out that side of that door, man. I was floating. <laughs> you know what I mean? By the time me and Matthew Blackwood got done, I was floating. I was floating. I mean, there was no air. I was like Lazarus, man. I, there was no air under my feet. None. 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 No sun. There was air. There was a gap. And I'm outside that door, and it's just like a load lifted off, and I'm on, I know exactly whose side I'm on, and I don't really care at this point what anybody thinks. I'm on Jesus' side, and that's where I'm going. The Lord said, oh, you are? I said, yeah. He said, go down there and tell one year what you just did. <laughs> I said, yeah, man. Now, I'm glad he did it right there because if he gave me about another five, ten minutes, I'd probably be a coward and been up there hiding somewhere. But no, he told me right what to do, and I walked out of that door and shot right down to his office, walked right in his office and said, hey, this is what I just did in your cheese mess, and I don't really care. How about that? That old man looked at me and said, cool. He said, I like that, man. He said, you got some guts. He runs the other guys off, me and him sit down and talk. You know what, brother, you know what people look at? They say, do you really believe what you believe? You know what, you're looking for happiness. I was, I was happy, man. I knew whose side I was on. Do you know whose side you're really on? We're all sinners. I got that. We all blow it. I got that. Do you know whose side you're on? I know whose side I'm on. I know where my happiness comes from. I know where it generated from. I know what I got. It wasn't just I got saved. I had to learn that down the road, year after year after year after year. And he taught me my happiness is from him. Joy. People, you'll hear him say this. Jesus first. Others next. Yourself last. You know you can make Jesus first and still be miserable because you're doing it because you're doing it, not him. You can put others first. And you can go out and serve everybody till you're blue in the face and still be stinking miserable. Or... You can put yourself last, and I'm going to take care of everybody first. And that's really, this, the order is correct. You can say, Jesus first, and find a walk with him the way it's supposed to be. We're starting 2024, and start a walk with him. And say, Lord, this is me and you, nobody else. It's not me and Beth. It's not me and Elizabeth. Praise God, she's having a baby. Sarah's having a baby. I'm so happy for them. I'm really happy for them. Jesse's having, I'm, I'm happy for them. You know what I'm happy about? They actually know they're women, and they want to have babies. Now, that makes me happy. I'm glad Andrew doesn't want to have a baby. I mean, really, when you sit there and look at it and say, look, man, I'm, I'm happy about that stuff. But that's not where I get my happiness from. And I don't get it from, you know, you know what I get? A, here's a Social Security called a Social Security guy that day. My Navy money stops. I wasn't sad. I'm now trying to figure out, well, Lord, how am I going to get through to next month because you're taking my money away now? I mean, I knew this day was coming. It's ending. What do I do? And this thought goes to my head. Call the Social Security Department. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a thought. I'm 62 now, so let me call him. So I call him and say, yo, man, Mr. Elliott, what's your Social Security number? So I give it to him. He looks up my records. He goes, whoa, man. He said, you've been making all, yo, you've been working your whole life, man. I'm not making fun. That's just the way the guy was. He was cool, man. I mean, he was having a good conversation. And he goes, you've been working since you were like 16, man. Does your record show that? If your record was pulled up, if they take your social security number, your little social security number, and they throw it into a, 
a uh, database somewhere and it pulls up, does this show that since you were 62 now, that from 16 to 62, you work 15, 16 hours a day? Does your show that? Mine does. That black guy said, man, Mr. Elliott said, I'll have you a check in February. <laughs> Two to three times what I was making in the Navy. Now, you say, well, you're just happy because you got, no, 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 you miss it. 1994, I get out of the Navy on a deal, and how was I supposed to know that the day that that money stops, 26 years later, my Social Security was going to kick in that same day more than what I was making in the Navy? How could you possibly plan that? You know what that is? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Mike, I'm just telling you today to get out of the Navy. And I'm going to give you this to kind of push you over the edge. Would you get out? I said, yeah, let's do it, man. I had no idea what the future held. I could care less. He just said, go this way. I said, okay, let's go this way. Because I know if I go that way, where all the money's at, that way ain't the way I want. That's, that's not the way you want, and that's not the way I want, and that's the way you're going to go. I'm going to go with you that way. Having no idea. Now i got to go home and tell my wife, we're going that way. You know what? I never told her and asked her for her advice on what I was going to do in or out of the Navy. Never cared. I never asked her to go to Bible college. That's not her concern. That's mine. You know what's wrong with men today? We try to add all that stuff in. Now, I added that in and took care of her, but I said, that's not, if the Lord tells me what to do, I cannot let anybody get in the way of that thing. Nobody. Nobody. Not even me. It has to be done his way. You know why the Lord don't talk to a lot of people? Because your happiness is somewhere else. You know what my happiness is? It's right in him. Jesus is first. People say, I'm an anomaly. I'm not an anomaly. You're not. Jesus is first, and he should be. Others should be next. I don't do that out there for money. I do that because the church one day, and I'll be gone probably by the time that's done. The Lord could take us out here at any time. Take me out. I'm, I'm getting up in the age. Anything, any day now. I mean, any day. Could be six years. Could be 10 years. Could be 20 years. But, but that, the land will be back in the church's name. And the church will have the ability to do something down the road somewhere if somebody don't mess it up. It's not about me. It's always been about others. But that was because Jesus got there first. And he taught me how to put him first. And then when you start doing the other things, it's easy, it's easy to do that other stuff. And yourself last. You know, one of the biggest blessings I ever had, I'm done. I'll, I'll do the prayer tonight because it's late. Do you know what the biggest blessing was? We had a bunch of people over at the house one day. And people, they may think, kids may think I forget this stuff, but I don't. I usually wait till the last person eats before I get anything. You know what Elizabeth did? She went and got a plate of food and stuck it in the refrigerator and made sure I had a plate before anybody else got anything. So that when it was all said and done, if there was no food left, I, I was going to have a plate of food. That was my daughter. You know what she realized? that her daddy was going to wait for everybody else to do it. And if he didn't get anything, he was okay with that. And I am. I don't care if I get anything. I really could care less. It isn't what I get. I already got it. It's not heaven. It's right there, man. I got it. I got it. I got something there that you can't buy. You can't buy that. I can be there alone all by myself at nighttime, and I can sit there, and he walks right in and he squeezes my heart. I know he's there. I don't need anything else. How could you can't put a price on that? 
You can't put a price on it, and you can't buy it. And you can't do enough to get it. You have to get like that old lady that says, I'm done, I stink, and quit. The Lord says, thank you. Now, now we can get somewhere. What's your name? I said, my name is Mike. He goes, that's who I'm looking for. Mike. I'm not looking for this other person that's trying to be something that you're not. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for that. Jacob, who are you? He didn't say, Jacob, tell me your name. He said, who are you? 20 years, man. He had to go down 20 years with Laban. 20 years. Comes back. Who are you? I'm Jacob, man. I'm a supplanter. I said, Lord, man, it's, this whole thing's a mess, man. It's a mess. He goes, that's good. He goes, that's who I'm looking for is Jacob. I've been looking for Jake for a long time. He says, Jake, I'm glad you're finally there. He goes, as a matter of fact, we're going to change your name to Israel because Jake isn't a good name anymore. We're going to change your name to Israel, and i got a plan for you down the line. You know, he ran and tried to find stuff and never could find it. And when he gets to a place where he's all by himself, an angel comes up and he sees a shot and he takes his shot. And he won't let go of the guy and he touches him in the hollow of the thigh. Even when he's sitting there in pain and agony, he's not going to let go. And he gets his attention and he gets the answer he wants. And for the rest of his life, he, he got something. You know what? Happiness is fleeting. And if you think this world is going to give you happiness, it will not give you happiness. You ask anybody who's been out there trying for any time at all, they're not happy. They're not happy. They may be momentarily, but they're really not happy. And if i got to give everybody everything to make them happy, they're really not happy. They're only happy while I give them some. I like these little kids. The kids come up to me. And they'll say, give me some candy. And we got some back in the back. And I'll buy some more, and I'll get it in there. Because I know for only a minute in life, I'm going to have an opportunity to, to be with these little kids. And for just a moment, I remember Dr. Robin doing that, just for a moment, that's all they see is a roll of candy. And i got to make you guys happy. Because, well, I don't want my kids to eat no yellow dye three. Red dye, four, and that blue, purple, fleet. Okay, then give me something that I can give them. Give me something that is okay to give them that actually tastes good. Because when you have a little kid walk in your office and say, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, they know more than you do. They do, they do. They're not stupid, man. And little kids know you only get a few minutes to make them happy, but you don't want to overdo it, man. Because what you're doing, you're setting them up in a world that's already in a mode to feed them that. And they're going to go right into that diet, and pretty soon you won't be able to stop them. Why is all the kids going away from church? It isn't the preaching. It isn't the pastors. It's the filth of the world. We're letting that stuff take them. We're giving it to them. We're feeding it to them. We're giving it to them. Not like it was. Man, I remember when I was a kid, my dad, man, we shot across California, and we lived in, we stayed in some of the rinky-dinkiest hotels that we ever, back of a station wagon all the way across, and go to my uncle's house in, in Needles, California. It was a mess, man. I had some of the best times of my whole life out there. And you'd stop at some stupid teepee along the side of the road, man. The Stuckies. You ever stop at a Stuckies? I mean, that was our life. That was vacation. Because there was no money, and I, just as fun as it could be. Now you got to go out and spend $10,000 to do It's crazy, man. I, don't, I told Beth, I said, I don't like vacations. I don't like going nowhere. I said, I'll I clean my garage out so we can park our cars inside the garage, close the door, and everybody think we're gone. We'll be sitting in the backyard. 
I got my fireplace. I got everything I need. I got everything I need right there. I got food. got my blankies. Got everything. I don't need no more. I got her. I don't need no more. Anywhere I go, I go for a day or two. I don't want to be there no more. I want to be right back here. You know why? Because this is where the Lord's got me. This is my home. This is my church. You are the people I like hanging around with. You may not think that, but that's really true. I do like hanging around with you guys. I said, I, I mean, I like Brother Dave the other night. I didn't want to stay till midnight and stink and pray the night in. You say, well, you're not a very good. Dave goes, you know, you're supposed to pray for the day, not the night. I said, I'm like, praise God, Dave's on my side, man. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I'd ready to go home and go to bed. Brother, you know what happiness is? It's not something you can find. It's a gift God gives you. And when you get it, it lasts and lasts and lasts and never goes away. And you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to give for it. You don't have to, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything to my kids to make them love me. I think they do. And if they don't, I don't really care. I got Jesus, man. I mean, what more could you possibly want in this world? Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, just, we got a whole year to go through. Lord, I know there's some people in there hurting. Uh, Lord, they're looking for happiness. And Lord, there's an old song out there, uh, searching for love in all the wrong places, Lord. They're looking for the wrong thing. Lord, you can supply everything we need in any situation, in any condition that we're in. It doesn't matter. You can supply the, the joy and the peace and the love. Uh, Lord, you, you've showed us a way to have that and, and to be there. But Lord, it's not something that can just be uh, sought after and got. Lord, it has to be something that's given. Lord, help us to this year, Lord, slow, slow our lives down. This world doesn't need us to have more and more stuff and, and to give it more and more stuff and more and more of our time and more and more of this and more and more and more and more and more. And never, there's just never an end to that. Uh, Lord, help us to, to spend our time this year uh, just drawing a little bit closer to you. It's always been a relationship, just a relationship between us and you. And Lord, there's nobody that can uh, improve that relationship between me and you but me. And Lord, I pray tonight that you'd open our eyes and, and help us to see that Give us a good year this year, 20, uh, 2024, Lord. Help us to be the light. This world's going to need some light this year, Lord. If the, the world keeps going in the direction it's going, uh, Lord, if uh, Europe and, and uh, Middle East and, and uh, the East, Lord, out there, China and Russia and all the rest of them keep going the way they're going, uh, Lord, uh, it's, it's at a moment notice, Lord, Putin's all upset with Britain because of the ship that they got sunk and they want to go back and they retaliate against Britain and now, Lord, all this stuff is just starting to pile up, Lord, and it's, it's getting ready. It could, any, any kind of, like a cannon, ignite like a, like a powder keg, Lord, ignite and go off, uh, Lord. And, uh, but in any case, we have you. And, Lord, our joy isn't in that or our, our sadness isn't in that. And, Lord, our joy and our happiness and our peace are in you. And it's always been in you. And, Lord, uh, thank you for giving that to me. And uh, the years you worked through me and, and got me to where I need to be, Lord, I'm... And, Lord, I, I, I just want to thank you that I don't have to worry about anybody getting between me and that. And, and uh, Lord, it's, it's just you. Uh, what a blessing it is to serve you and, and to be a servant. That's the key to that thing is a servant. Uh, not a Lord, not a leader, a servant. Always willing to go where the master says go. Uh, Father, again, bless now. Bless the prayer service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.